Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 263. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thank you once again for listening. Thank you for downloading. First-time listeners, we're glad you found us, and we hope you stick around and enjoy the whole show. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, we visited the Huawei campus in China. Vodafone has reinvented its plans to include phones without lock-in contracts. And Panasonic combines a 4K disc player with a recorder. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out the Oppo R11 smartphone the Samsung MS750 soundbar, and the BO Play E4 noise-cancelling earphones. And we'll wrap things up, as we always do, with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and also Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A huge show planned for you, so let's jump straight in. Well, we've only just returned a few days ago from China. We went to Shenzhen and also Beijing, and the reason for that trip was to visit the campus and testing labs for Huawei. Now, a company that you may not know how to pronounce their name, but they are certainly a big player in the telecommunications market, the world's biggest telecommunications company. And I'll explain why in a moment. But the company is based in Shenzhen, They have a campus, would you believe, that is two square kilometres. So imagine a university, uh, say the University of New South Wales, Uni of Sydney, and that is roughly the size of Huawei's campus in Shenzhen. Now, worldwide, I think they've got about 180,000 employees, but just in the Shenzhen campus alone, there are more than 40,000 employees. Interestingly, the company is 30 years old this year, so it was founded in 1987. It was started with an investment of 3500 US dollars. Uh, so that's not a bad investment when you consider that 30 years later, the company has a revenue of more than 75 billion US dollars. So it's pretty decent growth right there. The company is actually not publicly listed. It's a privately owned company. In fact, not not privately owned. It was founded 30 years ago by Ron Zengfei. He was a former engineer. But the company is actually owned by the employees, so it's not publicly listed. The company uh, em- employees have ownership of this company, and uh, they've uh, they've been doing very well ever since. And the 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 out- outward facing part of the business for Huawei is obviously their smartphones. So the consumers would know the company through their smartphones. Most recently, the P10, P10 Plus, the Mate 9, uh, and various other devices over the years. And they've actually number three 
in the world smartphone market. Number three, by, uh, closely behind Apple. I think they've got only a 2% difference behind Apple, uh, who's number two to Samsung, of course, being number one. But the biggest part of, of the Huawei business is actually networks. In fact, I think 45 out of the 50 largest networks in the world were built by Huawei. Now, if you're an Optus customer here in Australia or a Vodafone customer, then your calls are being routed through a network created by Huawei. Huawei uh, is also a very uh, massive company in Europe as well, a lot of uh, lot of networks built in Europe, but also their market share is remarkable there also. Some countries in Europe, Huawei is the number one brand with, with market shares of up to 25%. So uh, the, the, the brand awareness is, is d- despite them being a Chinese company, brand awareness expands, uh, extends well beyond China. We're talking Europe in Australia, uh, other parts of Asia, uh, and, and in countries like India and Russia, Huawei is still quite a big company uh, and very well-known company. Brand awareness is, is quite high. Interesting part of the Huawei business it was uh, we, we did get a bit of an understanding as to the culture of the business and the way it operates. Uh, so obviously the goal is innovation and to that end they've got a number of innovation centres located around the world. There's I think 15 uh, the R&D centres around the world where each of them are working on various different aspects of the business. So one might be working on design, another one might be working on aesthetics, another one might be working on operating systems, another might be operating on all all these other parts, all these other facets of the business, including wearables, uh, mobile payments, uh, artificial intelligence, virtual reality, so many things that the the company is researching and developing. In fact, the the company spent in the past 10 years $45 billion in research and development. In fact, more than 10% of annual sales revenue is reinvested in research and development. They're the number nine. Uh, number nine ranked of the top 10 companies uh, with the highest R&D investments around the world. The, the, the company, uh, as I said, networks and also smartphones, but those research centres are also uh, around. The, there's, I think there's one in London, there's one in Paris, San Francisco, uh, and so globally, the, the, of all those 15 R&D centres and all the other pl- plants around the world, 180,000 employees. So there's uh, you know, very, very much an engineering-driven business. So they're also uh, in partnership with a lot of other major companies, companies like Microsoft, Intel, Google, Amazon, Audi, Leica. Leica partnered for the uh, the Huawei P10 phone. They, they supplied the lenses for the cameras on those devices as well. So they are partnering pretty smartly with these other global companies. They've also had some significant growth as well, like year-on-year growth, uh, market share, 36% increase in revenue year-on-year. Their their market share in the $500-plus category of smartphones has gone up by nearly 6% as well. And as I mentioned, in some other markets, they've got more than 20% market share. So 
the, the, the culture of the business we found was meaningful innovation. So it's not all about the bottom line. It's about the company creating something that customers are going to love. And if they do that, obviously the money will come. But we're talking about in-depth technologies and trying to contribute to the customer's overall experience there to help them get more out of the device and help give them a better experience. Interestingly, I found out too that there is not one CEO in Huawei. There's actually three. And these three CEOs actually take six-month stints. So they rotate every six months to the next person. So for six months, CEO A will, will take will run the company. In the other six months, it'll be CEO B. In the other six months, it'll be CEO C. And then in the following six months, it goes back to CEO A. Reason for this is because they wanted to keep fresh eyes on the business, so a fresh approach to how they do business. So every, every six months, they, 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 they rotate that role just to keep it fresh so that it's not the same person making all the same decisions uh, it, it really does keep the company m- makes them perform dynamically rather than the same thing all the time all year round they have the three rotating CEOs for that as well the other area that uh, Huawei is quite prominent is also the wearable market, and in the next week or two, I'm going to also talk about the Huawei Watch 2, which is the first watch in Australia, the first smartwatch in Australia that has its own SIM card, so it can operate independently of a phone, and that includes running and downloading apps, taking and making and receiving phone calls, messages, you name it, the connectivity is right there on your wrist, so a uh, really interesting part of the business there as well. Uh, the, the company is again growing and growing. I think in the next few weeks you're going to see the uh, in, in October I should say the, they're going to release I think the Mate 10. Uh, Mate 9 was released earlier this year, so the Mate 10 is uh, is on the horizon as well. Uh, but the, the it's I was really impressed by the attitude of the company, their approach to doing business, the approach to that you know we want to give the customer the best possible experience, and whether it's a, if it's an engineering decision or a design design decision, the the ultimate goal is to satisfy the customer. Whatever's the best result for the customer for the user, that's how Huawei will move forward. We did also get a chance to visit the Huawei testing center. So uh, the their devices obviously have to go through a lot of stringent testing so they can uh, meet so they can perform how you know meet the customer expectations and in hopefully exceed customer expectations in that regard as well. So we were given a uh, a sneak preview or not a sneak preview a, a an inside look I should say at the test labs so somewhere where people don't normally go. We were allowed inside and we saw the different testing that was done on the device itself, the screen. So they've got machines all set up to, to for example, plug in and unplug the charger a thousand times uh, every hour or uh, a, a machine that can press buttons on the screen, uh, icons on the screen and the buttons on the side of the device. So it's got the durability. It passes the durability testing. They've also got different drop testing. So they, they put the devices and drop them a certain distance and to make sure they can withhold, withstand that kind of force. They also water tested for the water resistance. So they, they, they're put inside machines where you think it's 
draining. Uh, the device has got all water on it. They can they can uh, shower it with different powered water. So it's like from a light a light sprinkle to a shower. Uh, so it, it, uh, it uh, they're able to test the durability of the devices like that. They've also got all uh, uh, ch- uh, acoustic chambers and anechoic chambers where they can test the audio quality of both uh, the microphones and the speakers, music quality, the quality to uh, for it to be heard, the, the, your calls to be heard quite clearly. Uh, also, they've got material testing where they, they look sort of at a microscopic level at the way the phone was constructed to make sure there are no weaknesses in, in any of the in any of the materials and the way it's constructed. It was a truly fascinating look behind the scenes at the business. But I've written all about my experience and included some photos from the test labs and also from the campus. It's uh, really interesting to find out. Uh, there are so much more I can tell you about that. I've written it all at my story. You can read it at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Okay, well, we got some f- news from uh, Vodafone uh, a few days ago, and this is a pretty big story in terms of the the, the change that it can offer the uh, the Australian mobile market. Now, traditionally, with a plan, you either owned a phone and just got a SIM, either on a monthly plan or on a on a yearly plan or whatever you wanted to do. Or if you wanted a new phone as well, then you would be forced to enter into a two-year contract where you would effectively pay off, you'd enter a contract to pay off or lease the phone over that period, usually 24 months. So in 24 months, you're paying not only for your plan, you're paying not only a price to uh, contribute to the payment of your phone to pay off the phone, but there are also telcos that also add a handset fee. So you're paying this bunch of money every month plus a handset fee. That's the minimum you pay a month. So if you go over your data, whatever, you're paying even more. So that after two years, you've, the phone's two years old, you own it, and you, if you wanted to break off that contract, then you had to pay an exit fee, and it was a mess. Well, Vodafone have just introduced these new red plans that allow you to have, if you do own your own phone, so SIM-only plans, which is like normal, but if you wanted to, a new phone as well, you are able to enter into a plan without being in a lock-in contract. So you get the, the flexibility of being able to leave any time you want, but you can still get a new phone. Now, how do they do that? Well, here's how it works. If you were to enter into a plan, so you needed a phone, for example, then you want the plan, you said, okay, I want to include a phone. And how Vodafone will approach that is they'll give you, they'll allow you to make interest-free payments on the phone over 12, 24, or 36 months. So you can so you you can see the transparency right there. How much you're up for? If the phones are uh, you know twelve hundred bucks in twelve months, you're going to pay hundred dollars a month, interest free, uh, as well as being a Vodafone customer as well. So you you're on board as a customer, and after twelve months or twenty four or thirty six months, you pay the phone off interest free. But the question is, what happens if you want to leave? If you want to up and go, you find a better deal, but you've, you've got a, contra- a phone included in your contract, what happens then? Well, what you can do is if you do choose to exit the plan, you won't pay an exit fee. All you need to do is to pay, pay off what is left on the phone. So if, there's, if you paid off half and there's half left, you need to pay the other half 
and then you can be on your way and find a different telco, better deal, whatever you like. So the idea here is I, I, I suspect Vodafone won't be making any money on the phones, but it is a great way to onboard new customers because to get a plan, uh, you need to be, become a Vodafone customer to begin with. Customer to begin with. So you go through all that trouble. You, you got your you got your phone and you're on a contract with Vodafone. Then chances are you're probably going to stay on that contract, pay off your phone interest free. So that that that's another another bit of transparency they've added. So you know exactly what you're up for with the phone. The previous the the other plans that Optus and Telstra and and Vodafone as well uh, were running in the past was not as transparent. So you know, well, I'm paying a handset fee, I'm paying this much per month, and I'm getting that much data. So you you do your sums and you you end up paying a lot more than what the phone's worth because that that also includes your plan. But that's the minimum you're going to pay, that figure in the fine print, not the maximum you're going to pay. So at least with this new plan, you know exactly what you're up for in terms of payments for your phone, interest-free, by the way. So even if you take it out over the longest term of three years, interest-free for three years, which uh, is is quite attractive, I think. Uh, the plans themselves are actually quite generous in terms of the data they're allowing. So you, you depending on the plan and the preferences you want, if you're, if you're more a data user, you can opt for data. If you need international call minutes, you can adjust the plan to suit that. So there are options. Uh, so like starting for, say, 40 bucks a month, uh, you get about 6 gig of data. And all the way up to 100 bucks a month, you can get 25 gig of data uh, and up to 50 gig of data too on a SIM-only plan, 50 gig of data for 100 bucks. Uh, and if you pay 80, you get 32. Uh, you, you can pay, I, I think around, the sweet spot is about $60 mark where a SIM-only plan, if you commit to 12 months, you get 20 gig of, of data per month. Uh, which is pretty good. And, of course, the Vodafone plans qualify for your $5 a day roaming as well. So interesting to see how this is going to be received by customers, but also I'm curious to see what Optus and Telstra will do for this because the timing of this uh, is is no coincidence. You've got to remember that in possibly in, in about a month's time, we're going to see a new iPhone uh, coming into the market. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of customers who are going to want that new iPhone but not be not want to be locked into a contract. Well, here's a way they can do it with Vodafone's new red plans. If you want to read more about that story and see all of those, pro- the pricing, the data allowances, all of those details, you can read that at techguide.com.au. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Well, Panasonic's always been the sort of company that uh, makes really high-quality products. I, I really like their their TVs, uh, audio equipment. They, they do make a lot of nice stuff. Their cameras are brilliant as well. Uh, but they've also got great 4K Blu-ray disc players. And uh, I actually own their, the UB900. They're one of their first Blu-ray players, sort of their high-end player. Uh, but I was uh, interested to discover that uh, they've also released a new 4K Ultra HD uh, Blu-ray player 
But it's not only a 4K disc player, it's also a twin HD tuner as well. So you can tune uh, t- twin HD tuner for full high-definition recording. There's a two-terabyte hard drive on board, so that's, that's roughly 1,370 hours of HD TV recording. So if you if you want to be able to enjoy your 4K content and you can do that with the uh, with the Panasonic player, it's the DMR UBT1. By the way, that's the model number DMR UBT1. So it can play your 4K discs. It can also uh, you can also stream 4K. So if you've got uh, if you go through the player on into your Netflix account and you're on a 4K TV, of course, you can watch 4K content through that. So stream it as well. Play discs on 4k as well so but on the recording side you've got the flexibility of being able to record either to the hard drive or to even to dvd discs if you want to uh if you still want to record to discs it does have that ter- two terabyte internal hard drive uh, it does have the ability to record entire series so you can series link programs as well uh, but here's another really interesting feature that I, that I quite like about it it's the panasonic the tv anytime feature which allows you to record, uh, sorry, you can stream TV or recorded content to a smart device anywhere in your home. It can also allow you to stream the free-to-air TV or your recorded content anywhere in the world using an app. So you can tap into your to the the, uh, the DMR UBT1 from anywhere in your house and anywhere in the world. So imagine if you want to watch the live footy. Uh, in the on the other side of the world, you can tune into the TV anytime feature, or you may have recorded something, and you can go in and watch the recordings uh, stream to yourself in your house or anywhere else in the world as well. That is a really cool feature, and uh, well, a great addition to the already numerous features that you're going to find, including it's got built-in Wi-Fi. You can mirror your mobile device. So if there's a game or a, a movie or photos you want to show people, you can mirror the phone through the Panasonic device to your TV. It's also got DLNA, so you can access all the content that are on all your network devices in your home. So you may have a connected hard drive, a NAS. You may see, you can see all that uh, content on uh, through the Panasonic as well. Really handy product that one, recording and playing in in pretty high quality. It's a, it's going to be available in late September. It's going to also be priced at one thousand and ninety nine dollars. So uh, keep your eye out for that one if you want to have a four K player and four K streaming device as well as a recorder all in one. You can do that with the Panasonic DMR UBT one. If you want to read more about that story and take a look at the pictures of the product as well, you can uh, check that out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. We live in a world where our connected devices have become an indispensable tool in our lives. Introducing the, Night- the Netgear Nighthawk X10 Smart Wi-Fi Router, Built using the latest in Wi-Fi technology, the X10 allows users to get faster Wi-Fi speeds on multiple devices simultaneously, and it's perfect for 4K streaming, VR, and super-fast data transfers. The X10 features the latest 11AC and 11AD network technology, allowing users to wirelessly transfer data at 4.6 gigabytes per second. This means your 4K video uh, will take seconds, not minutes, to transfer. 
The Nighthawk X10 smart Wi-Fi router is also built to meet the needs of today's connected home. From connected deadbolts, smart lights and Arlo Wi-Fi cameras, the, the four powered active antennas reduce interference and intelligently direct Wi-Fi across large distances. The Nighthawk X10 is also the first router with the Plex media server built in. Plex organises all of your videos, music and photo collections and gives you instant access to your content using an always-on router. Wireless to stream 4K video to any device, jitter-free for the ultimate family movie night. The Netgear Nighthawk X10 smart router contains a quad-core processor for unparalleled speed and power to keep up with your fast-paced lifestyle. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Nighthawk X10, the world's fastest Wi-Fi router. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide. Our first review today is of a smartphone, and uh, the Oppo R11, to be precise. This is uh, the latest in the, in a mid-tier phone. I'm going to call it mid-tier. It's $649, so that's sort of mid-range phone. And Oppo uh, been producing some pretty impressive products of late. This is also uh, up there as well uh, in terms of uh, features and performance. The Oppo R11. Uh, and I think right off the bat, I've got to say it, that this is—it looks a lot like the iPhone. It is—it is—you uh, could call it an iPhone clone. It looks very similar on the outside, so it's got the same kind of layout, the 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 same uh, dual lens at the back with a flash. The buttons are all located in the same place. So volume on the left, SIM card tray, and power button on the right. Uh, the only difference is that the Oppo has an oval-shaped home button, whereas the iPhone has a round home button. Both got similar size screens, 5.5 inches. Uh, the Oppo R11 has a full HD screen as well. Uh, and even even in terms of the user interface, it's, it's got its Color OS 3.0 interface, 3.1 interface. That too looks like the iPhone. The the app layout. The appearance, the, the camera interface, settings menu, all home page, the app layout, it looks remarkably similar to the iPhone. And I think that's good or that's good and bad. I think good that it's you know, imitations a sincerest form of flattery, as they say. Uh, but I think the idea of an Android device is because people don't want to buy iPhone. So I can see, though, the attraction of someone who maybe can't afford an iPhone may want to have a device that looks like an iPhone. And me personally, I've, I was using this as my device for a few days while I was reviewing the phone. And a lot of people thought I was using an iPhone, including my wife. She said, I, said, I showed her the phone. She said, I thought it was an iPhone. and uh, But it was the Oppo R11. And a lot of people made the same mistake. That aside, okay, the similarity to the iPhone is pretty obvious, and if that's uh, that, that, that's a that, that's part of the the design, part of the interface, and that that's okay. But in terms of of it being a good phone, I, I'd still rate it pretty highly because it has a really excellent camera. Not only the rear camera, but also the back camera. They're both twenty megapixel resolution. Yep, the selfie camera. 20 megapixel on the front of the phone. So if you're a fan of selfies, then this is the phone for you. It has uh, the 20 megapixel on the rear, so the dual lenses. So it allows you to, to have two times uh, optical zoom. You can also have the nice depth of field shots within the portrait mode, very similar to the iPhone as well in that regard. 
But the images that this phone takes are really impressive. Great colour, natural, a lot of, lot of detail, really high-quality images. And the selfie camera, there is a mode in the selfie camera called beauty mode. So if you want to make yourself look even better, beauty mode helps smooth out your skin and gets rid of blemishes. You look, you look like you've been photoshopped straight out of the, straight out of the phone. Uh, and it takes the circles, the dark circles out from under your eyes and the lines in your face, and it makes you look 20 years younger. So that's a really attractive part of the of the selfie camera, that beauty mode. Uh, the device itself is running Android 7.1.1. It's very well hidden, though, under the, the Oppo interface. It, it's... It doesn't really even act like an Android phone. Like normally on an Android phone, you sweep down from the top and then you can see all your settings, your Wi-Fi, you get into your settings. This doesn't even allow you to do that. Like an iPhone, you've got to go in through the settings app to get to all the settings. And surprise, surprise, even the settings menu looks a lot like the iPhone settings menu. Have a look at all the side-by-side pictures we've done, uh, as well as the pictures we took with the Oppo R11 camera, and you'll see that as well. Uh, The other great part of the Oppo R11 is the battery. The battery can last you a day and a half, runs really well, but not only is that impressive, but it also charges really fast as well. It's got its VOC flash charge technology, so you use the included charger and cable, you get a super fast charge. We, uh, For our review, we were down to about 24%, plugged it into the charger, we were 100% in just over an hour. So imagine you want to get a charge before you go out. You can do that as well, by the way. So like five-minute charge gives you two hours of extra usage. So that's pretty impressive as well. But to charge it from zero to full is probably an hour and a half's work. So it's not going to take hours and hours really fast, really good. So that's another big tick for that device. Now, here's what the Oppo R11 can't do. There's no NFC on board. So if you want to go tap and going, paying using Android Pay, forget about it because the, it doesn't have NFC, near-field communication. Uh, it's also not water-resistant, so be careful around the to- toilet, around the pool, around the bar. Uh, so that, that is something to take note of. The, uh, it, it's also got the micro USB connector, not, not the USB-C. So it looked a little bit dated with that older interface, but no biggie. I think you get your own cable. It still charges really fast. Uh, so I don't think that's a deal breaker at all. Overall, I found the, the phone to be pretty handy. If you're, if you're coming off an iPhone, this will make you feel right at home. It's like you're still using an iPhone. And if you are maybe one of these customers who can't afford an iPhone but do want one, this is as close as you're going to get to an iPhone without there being an actual Apple logo on the phone. That's how similar they are. Check If you don't believe us, check it out for yourself with our story. We've put a lot of side-by-side images right there. The Oppo R11, $649, and you can read our complete review at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. We got a chance uh, a couple of weeks ago to sit down with the Samsung new soundbar. This is the MS750 soundbar. The soundbar Sound Plus is the actual model number. MS750 are the numbers and the letters that you need to know to identify this unit. But this is a standalone uh, soundbar. It's $999. There are 11 speakers on board as well as top-mounted tweeters. So you, uh, this can fit into your, with a single cable, fit into your TV. Also has 4K pass-through. So if you want to connect it to your 4K TV and connect your 4K player, you could do that as well. So it has that ability, the 4K pass-through. 
but look, it's a single cable setup. All you need is power and a cable to the TV. It's that simple. The remote can even work to control the volume and also to other other turn your TV on and off and things like that. So you don't need to be fumbling around for for various remotes. But how does it sound? I hear you ask. Well, the answer is fantastic. This is an impressive bit of equipment that uh, helps you achieve a degree of surround sound and also with the upward firing tweeters, it, it's, it's kind of Dolby Atmos light, I call it. Dolby Atmos means that the has sound bouncing down from the ceiling. This just fires them up and gives you kind of the Dolby Atmos sort of three-dimensional sound, uh, but... Uh, not without the complete bounce off the ceiling and, and the whole the whole bit, but as close as you're going to get to Dolby Atmos without actually having Dolby Atmos, if you if you get my drift there. Uh, the other impressive part about the soundbar is that it's got such a wide sound stage. So normally soundbars you've got to be kind of tucked into the lounge in front of the soundbar to hear the sound to hear the quality sound. But with the MS750, we found that we could sit even into the right to the edge of the room, the corner of the room, at the right at the end of the end of the couch or on the side chair to the side of the TV, and the audio quality was as good as if you were sitting in the sweet spots. Sweet spot. So there's no arguments about who's going to have the best seat for the best sound. It sounded pretty good across the room when we were trying it out. Another pleasant surprise for us, and we watched a few movies with this. We were, I think we watched The Force Awakens and uh, The Fate and the Furious and the and Fury you know, the tank movie with Brad Pitt. Uh, that, that was pretty impressive as well. But all these, uh, as you can see, have, have one thing in common. They're pretty they're action-packed, a lot of sound and explosions and things like that going on. Uh, and, and what surprised us with these movies was the level of bass included. Now, there's no standalone subwoofer with the MS750, but there are woofers on board that can, that was surprisingly, uh, was surprisingly good in terms of the bass response. It, it sounded like it actually had a, a standalone subwoofer attached, but uh, it, it didn't. You can attach a subwoofer if you want even more bass. You can attach a separate sub, from, uh, buy that from Samsung separately, as were well, and even rear speakers for an even more an even more detailed multi-channel experience as well. But you think of it rather than you setting up speakers around the room, connecting more with cables, connecting them to a receiver, and achieving that surround sound. The MS750 has it all in one to give you a really, really interesting, a really uh, enhanced home entertainment experience. Because sound, when it, when the movie sounds sounds good, it does really add to your enjoyment of that film as well. The Samsung Series 7 MS750 Soundbar Plus, $999. And if you want to read our review, you can see that at techguide.com.au. Next up in the reviews, it's been a busy week with the reviews. Bo Play E4. These are these are some uh, some excellent noise cancelling earphones. I've got to say, I'm a bigger fan of noise cancelling earphones than I am of headphones. I uh, I do travel a fair bit. I fly a lot, and my go-to uh, noise cancelling product is an earphone rather than a headphone. And the Bo Play E4 could be a great choice for that. Reason I like earphones better is that there's nothing on your head for all that time. Uh, if you do happen to fall asleep, 
then the earphones are a lot less obtrusive if you are nodding off. A, he- a big pair of headphones tends to get in the way. I do, I do like the convenience of having something you can actually fit in your pocket when you walk on the plane. The BO Play E4 does that. Now, these are noise-canceling earphones. So they are the earpieces themselves are nicely sculpted out of lightweight aluminium. Really comfortable fit in your ears. There are several silicon tips to find your right fit, as well as a, a, a memory foam tips, which is what I opted for. So it felt really comfortable, stuck into place really nicely, so they weren't going to fall out. It was a comfortable fit. Uh, and, and secure fit as well. So they weren't going to drop off if we some headphones you turn your head and they fall out, which is really frustrating. Well, with the BO Play E4, that was not a worry. Now, all the uh, the brains of the unit, of the earphones, are in a small module down towards the end of the cable. So where the 3.5 mil jack, uh, the headphone jack is, there's a small, slightly smaller than a matchbox size module that does all the processing. So how it works is that there are a couple of microphones that can listen out for the ambient noise and then the module then generates the reverse signal that cancels out that noise so to you there's no noise around you it does uh, in terms of noise reduction I think it's up there maybe not quite as good as Bose but not far behind I have to say uh, and, and when you take all the noise the ambient noise out of the way all that leaves for you to hear is your music so uh, that, that, that's, that, that, that's the detail you can hear, the clarity you can hear for audiophiles who want to hear nothing but their tunes, their, their songs, then this is a terrific option as well. Uh, I don't think there could have been maybe a slightly better mid and, and high level um, clarity in like the response in, in those mid, mid and, and high tones. Bass was, was fantastic. That was that was perfect, the bass level. Uh, so I think that maybe a, a fussier listener may think, yeah, they don't quite do it for me. But I think to my ears, I, I really, I'm, I'm pretty fussy, but to my ears, I still quite like them. Uh, the sound and the bass all combined really nicely. Uh, others may want a little more, but to me, I think these sounded pretty good. Uh, the unit itself, the module, has also a, a pass-through setting so that if you are sitting in an air Airport, for example, you can uh, turn off the noise cancellation and the music so you can hear, uh, you know, your flight being called or if someone wants to talk to you, you can still talk to them and hear them without having to take the headphones off, the earphones off. Um, battery-wise, r- fantastic. Run for up to 20 hours on a battery. Now, that, that's a flight to London on a single charge, which is pretty good. We we flew to China and back using them, and it was a single charge. And, and, and I think I only charged them once, actually. So it was a nine-hour flight and an eight-hour flight back. So it was it was pretty good. I think I, I didn't even charge them uh, the, for the whole trip, so they lasted all of that time. The Bo Play E4, three hundred and seventy nine dollars, uh, above average, impressive noise cancelling earphones with great sound quality and good noise cancellation as well, uh, and and at not a bad price at three hundred and seventy nine bucks. Our full review, you can see that techguide.com.au Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that helps keep you and your family safe online. Now, there's a lot of valuable stuff stored on your computer. You think about it. Family photos, videos, tax and work documents. But what would you do if all of a sudden they were gone? 
encrypted and impossible to retrieve. Well, what I've just described is called ransomware. That's a malware that locks you out of your own files and then demands you pay up or lose access to them forever. And unfortunately, ransomware is on the rise here in Australia. In fact, Australia is now the most targeted country for ransomware attacks in the Southern Hemisphere. Norton Security Premium is a powerful internet security solution that can help keep you safe from ransomware, including the recent WannaCry ransomware. But it blocks dangerous files, warns you against dodgy links before you click, and also backs up files from your PC to the cloud so you'll have a copy if anything goes wrong. To learn more about how to protect your online life, visit au.norton.com. Answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Okay, I thought I'd kick off the help desk with a bit of advice on how to protect your smartphone. There was a story uh, just a few days ago from Finder based on some research that they did, just by uh, telling, uh, revealing how clumsy we are and forgetful we are with our phones. So we are dropping and smashing phones, losing phones. In the last five years, we've lost more than 2.5 million smartphones. That equates to 1,370 devices a day that we are either damaging beyond repair or losing from day to day. Now, your phone is something that's with us all the time, so you need to look after it. Uh, One in 10 has admitted they've broken at least one device beyond repair in the last five years. And these aren't cheap devices. Smartphones cost, in some cases, more than a 1000 bucks, and repairing them could be very expensive. How many times have you seen someone walking around with a broken screen? The reason they've got a broken screen is they can't afford to fix it. It could cost a couple of hundred dollars. So what, what do we need to do? The, the worst offenders, naturally, are the millennials. One in four, that's, that's 26%, have admitted to either losing or breaking a phone. And, and baby boomers, of course, far less. What we can all take on board is some advice on how to protect your phone. Invest in a case. A $50 case is a lot cheaper than a $250 screen repair. Having a case means that the case can absorb some of the impact if you happen to drop it. So rather than picking it up with a smash screen, you're just going to pick it up and have no smash screen because the case has dispersed all that energy and helped you keep your phone intact. Another thing might, might help you too is put on a screen protector. There are some screen protectors that are actually made of glass, so it does give you an added layer of protection. So a screen protector and a case, that can't hurt you. Keep it away from water too. Not every phone is waterproof. Remember, if you're going to be by the pool or running around the beach or in a bar or going to the toilet, be careful it doesn't fall into the water if it's not water-resistant because water and phones most phones don't mix, although a lot of the top-of-line devices, more recent devices, actually do have uh, some water resistance there. Also, think about getting insurance. Uh, it may be a few bucks extra on your plan, but something worth thinking about that can cover you for accidental damage or a replacement if your device is lost or stolen. So things to keep in mind. The other thing I want to talk about real quickly on the help desk is a reader asked me if it was possible to connect a digital radio to a sound bar. Uh, and my answer was, yeah, it is possible if you've got an auxiliary in on the on uh, on the soundbar, you've got a cable to connect to the digital radio, you might be able to pipe all that stuff through. I think the soundbar was a Denon soundbar. But my answer, too, also said, well, yes, you possibly could connect a digital radio, but the other easier thing to do would be to connect your phone via Bluetooth to the soundbar and play your favorite radio station using the TuneIn radio app. 
So rather than having to find a digital radio, find an auxiliary cord, connect the devices together, you can just connect your phone to the Denon, the soundbar, any soundbar can connect either wirelessly via Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, and then just stream or tune in radio. It's as good as having a digital radio, and it's uh, you don't have to buy a digital radio. You can just connect your phone, and away you go. So, uh, yeah, the, that is the advice we've given you. If you want to read those stats as well from Finder about our, us smashing and losing our phones, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. And we have come to the end of our show for this week. You can read about everything, though, that we've spoken about at techguide.com.au. Keep the questions coming. Also, email us at info at techguide.com.au. We want to give a special shout-out to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thank you for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. We're going to be in New York for the Samsung Galaxy Note 8 launch, so we'd love you to tune in for our next episode then. But until then, stay safe and stay connected.